That's into right field. Long run for Pilar. And Pilar all out into foul territory to make the play. Bogarts with a drive out to right field. Judges back on it, and that one's gone. Against all odds, here's a high fly ball driven deep to right. Verdugo back to the pen. Leaps up. He caught it. He caught the ball. He took it back. And I will keep on waiting for a better day. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the pesky poll podcast my name is robert and today we have a special guest with us as you guys know i'm going to be rotating guests in and out as much as i can sometimes i'll be doing it alone but i don't really like doing the podcast by myself so with us today is another host of a podcast underneath the amateur hour sports network name host and founder of the fumble Ruski podcast my good friend adam adam introduce yourself to the people thanks for having me on robert my name is adam wright i'm the host of the Fumble Ruski podcast, and <clears throat> we go over all things uh, pro football related rather than pro baseball, uh, but I certainly know a fair share of uh, baseball stuff as well, and uh, we are also under the Amateur Hour umbrella, so. Yeah, and tell, tell the people who your favorite team is. Favorite team? Patriots, Red Sox. There we go. All right. And the people, I've, I've said this story once or twice, but we've, um, you and I have been to a Red Sox game together, sitting on the green monster, potentially almost got kicked out because we decided to go down to the seats and not just stand. Yeah, we weren't going to deal with that. That's, no, that no. was that was annoying. But, I mean, you remember how that game ended, right? Yeah, it it was pretty eventful. I never thought they even had a shot at winning. It was one of those games where the bats were just dead on both sides. Mm -hmm. And then just they came alive at the end of the game. Had a chance to tie it up. Is that correct? Yep. Then, they were down 2-1. to one. And then J.D. hit the wall, hit it off the green monster. Whoever the left fielder was threw an absolute missile to home to get out. I think it was Michael Chavis. I thought that was going to be gone for a minute. I thought we were going to experience a walk-off. I did too. That, that ball was like 30 feet away from us. We just looked over and banged off the wall. I was pissed. I was ready to go over there and just mob somebody to get that baseball. But, there. all right, let's get into the news for today. For our people out there, for YouTube, you get to see us as is every single week, twice a week now, because we're recording every Wednesday and Sunday. Make sure to hit that subscribe button so you get to see me and a various amount of guests every time. Spotify and iTunes, you guys always get to hear me twice a week now. Plus, like I said, all the guests that we have, make sure you hit that follow button so you never miss any of our uploads. With that, follow the Instagram at Pesky Pole Podcast, and check out Amateur Hour Sports Network and the website so you can see all the times that not only the Fumble Ruski podcast, but our third podcast, the Two Compass Podcasts, go up and running every single week. All right, Adam, anything you want to say to the people before we get started? No. Let's get this show on the road. All right, all right. So, first thing is there was a highly coveted free agent out there from Japan this year, and his deadline for being able to um, come into the MLB expired, named Tomoyuki Sugano. Now, a lot of Red Sox fans were really, really interested in getting this guy on the team. But 
the biggest thing is there were two reasons they didn't. Well, three. One was because they didn't want to offer anybody a four-year contract, and that's what um, Sugano wanted. One, they didn't want to pay anybody upwards of $40 million, like Sugano got offered from his um, Japanese team, the Yam, I can't pronounce that, Yamo Rui, something like that. Giants gave him a four-year $40 million deal. And the third reason we didn't get him is because he didn't want to play in the cold. I mean, you can't you can't blame him for that. And we talked and Ari and I talked about this on episode 43. Right? Just buy a damn winter jacket. All right. You and I have lived in New England almost our entire lives, right? Yeah, it's <clears throat> he I did see some of the offers that he got were from teams that were uh, more up north, like in New York and in Blue Jays. And in Toronto yeah, Toronto. <laughs> And uh, Boston. So those were all the teams that were rumored for him to go to. There was uh, one more. And if this team got him, I probably would have died. The Padres wanted him too. Now, you know, I want the pit, the, I want the Red Sox to make some sort of splash, at least something just to give us something to watch for next year. I'm not 100% on board with this analytics and let's just go completely down like uh, this deep, deep tanking rebuild mode mm-hmm. yeah, here's, here's the thing though. i think but the issue is uh i think these players that come from especially from japan they're very hit or miss and i'm not sure if it's it's not the right move to commit four years and 40 million a year to a pitcher who we don't not even 40 know. million a year 40 million total 40 million to oh because i was gonna say that was still we're, we're not talking about you know bryce harper mike trout numbers no that's that's not what's happening. Just regular, ten million a year. So four years, forty million. Yeah, that was the uh, contract he signed from his uh, team back in Japan. But that's around what other teams were offering him. Okay, so that's still. I'd still say because he's from Japan, I think uh, the the uh, competition there isn't the best. And the baseball, as we know, is a little bit smaller. So it's just the game is much different. So you can look down, look down the line in, his, in the history of players coming to Japan. It's very hit or miss. It's either you're going to get Ichiro, Ichiro Suzuki or you're going to get uh, – what's that, what's that pitcher's name who they got in 07? Daisuke. D- Daisuke? Oh, you're not – no, 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 no. You're not going to sit here and talk bad about Daisuke. Dice right, I will fight you in three weeks if that's. He had one good year, then he got hurt. That's all we needed him for was one good year, and one good year led to a championship. I'd like for more than that if you're going to commit to him for so long. He he came in and he got the job done. All right, injuries are right, something that can happen to any player, but Dice came Hero in and he got the job done. Tanaka. Tanaka's fifty-fifty. It depends on who you ask. Obviously, us Red Sox fans are going to say we hate Tanaka. He's looking to maybe move into a different direction because um. Last I heard on the news for Wednesday, um, Yankees are all in on LeMahieu, and they're going to let – and if that means letting go of guys like Garner and Tanaka, they're going to do it just get LeMahieu back. So he might be gone. But in terms of his career, I'd say it was, a, it was better – it was more of a hit than it was a miss. But Yeah, if you're the, if you're the New York Yankees, you might want to commit more to pitching than to their bats. They're – 
their offense is fine. I think it's always been their in recent years, it's been their starting pitching that's needed help. Yeah, just imagine paying Giancarlo Stanton and Garrett Cole $60 million a year to do that. Right. Their bullpens always seem to be good. It just seems to be that their their starting pitching has always need needed some help. That's oh, they've that's lost really they've cool. lost almost all their pitchers this year. Their 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 um their bullpen has been gutted this year. And they needed they needed guys like Garrett Whitlock. Garrett Whitlock was one of their top prospects, but they decided not to put him on the forty man. So you know what? We're, we'll take him. We'll take Whitlock on the team. You know why not? All right, and you know you know I got to interview him. He I'm so excited to see what this dude can do for our team. But if you look at um, by the way, uh, you mentioned Dice K. Uh, who was the other one? Koji Uehara, hit or miss? Koji Uehara. Well, in the beginning of the year, well, in the beginning of his career in uh, in the MLB, it was miss. But then he came to the Red Sox, and then for a couple seasons, he was holy crap. He turned into he turned into Mariano Rivera. Awesome. And it was like he could only throw his fastball like seventy nine miles an hour. Going <laughs> by guys, I was like, dude, how is he doing this? Man, I loved Koji. Wait, he was on the twenty thirteen team. I believe he was somewhere around 2013 13 and 2015 2016. Mm-hmm. I think he was on, but he wasn't near he was a Met. the player. He was a well, Met. Yep. Oh, so it was just those three years. So I think it was 20, 2015 was the year where he kind of fell, where he kind of fell off 2013 and 14 were the years where he was, where he was just lights out. Mm-hmm. No, I, I loved, I loved Koji on this team. Uh, hold on. Let me look because I know he, uh, he was in Boston from 2013 to 2015, uh, to 2016. I'm sorry, we had a 41 year old Koji on the team in 2016. What? What are we doing? And they went to Chicago to finish his career. It was 2016. <coughs> I knew it. Yeah, so and was that was the year where he was? Then he went to Chicago. Yeah, now I remember. Yeah, 2013. He was just a straight up god at age 38. Right, four and one record with a one oh nine ERA. Played seventy three games. Yeah, he was lights out for like his first two three years of his career in in Boston. Then his last year, he kind of fell off. Then he went to the Cubs. Matt, I've I've lost track of what he was doing there. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I the Cubs he sucked. Playing. What's that? I mean, the Cubs he sucked. I mean, he was forty two. Like, what are, what are you going to yeah. expect from him? Well, he, he only throws at 79, so you could expect at least something. All right, here's – here's um, going back to uh, Sugano, this is the main problem that I have with it. All right, this guy had a 197 ERA, 14-2 record as part of his Japanese team, right? And the Red Sox are like, no, we're not going to pay you $10 million annually, right? But then you look at a guy like Jake Odoruzzi, and the Red Sox are expected to sign him sometime in the very near future. It's looking like it's a almost a done deal, right? And his contract is three years, somewhere in the thirty-six to forty-two million dollar range. So why are we? If if you're willing to pay a guy like that for three years, then why not be willing to pay a guy like Sugano four years? I think it's more because, like I said. The Otterizzi is a little more of a of a sure thing. You know, he's been in the he's been in the league for a few years. He's a vet, he's a seasoned veteran. He's a stable 
he's a stable starter that they need. They they were you know they were starting guys in the, in, uh, the rotation this past year who we, we'd be like, wait, what? Who's that? Yeah, my boy Robert Stock. Wasn't there a player who st- who hadn't started in the in the pros in like two years? No, and they started him. Listen, listen. There's a legend of a man named Mike Kickham, and if Ari is listening right now, he's yelling at his computer screen. Mike Kickham is a man with beautiful flow, but Mike Kickham hadn't played a game since 2013. Oh, that's what I'm thinking of. And then he came in, started a game, and pitched like 4.2 innings and had eight strikeouts. I remember that game very vividly. That man is amazing. He ended up with like a 6.5 ERA, but, you know, we're not going to talk about that. Yeah, I – look, <laughs> my point stands. They need, a, they need stable starting. In their rotation, they're gonna get they're getting Eduardo Rodriguez back. Maybe uh, they're gonna get Chris Sale back at some point. June, July, in the future. They so they need some more starting pitching to get a solid to get a solid starting rotation going, so that they can actually focus on the real problem at hand, which is the bullpen. Yes, because once you but... have the starting pitching and the the lineup which i believe they already have then they could be they could, we could have a competitive team on the field in the, in a year or so here's the problem though Jacob Rosi right we played a 60 60 game season last year right so you have five starters each of those starters should get 12 games throughout the regular season assuming that no one gets uh you know how many starts or how many games Jacob Rosi played last year how many Four. He was out for almost the entire season due to injuries. So when you're talking about somebody who's durable and stable, if you were to say that in, you know, 2018, 2019, even 2017, right, where he played 28, 32, and 30 games, then I'd be right there with you. But, I mean, call me, give me some recency bias here, but, you know, last year was 0 for 1 with a 6.5 ERA. Yeah, you have recency bias. They're uh, dude. So I'm telling you, he. It's it was 2020. It's we'll we'll just push that year aside. We're just they, not gonna we're just not gonna talk about it. it. Unless this unless this happens again, where he only plays four games next season, I'm gonna look at that as an outlier. Because if he's been durable for the rest of his career before then, then um then he's a player who I'm gonna who I'm gonna going to trust as long as the money is somewhat reasonable. And it'll be about it, – it's about 12 to $14 million a year. So we're talking like just under Evaldi money. And I know Evaldi got insanely, grossly overpaid. But Yeah, but I mean I think that – I think that contract for Otterizzi is fairly – is pretty reasonable, honestly. I would like they it. Need, they need a stable starter. He reminds me – he could be their – he could be their uh, Rick Porcello. I loved Rick Porcello. He was a stable, stable starter for most of his career, and then there was that one year where it was just Cy Young lights out. That was amazing. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, yeah, I remember that one. What was that, 2017? 2016. 2016. Yeah, no. 2017 <laughs> was when they got Chris Sale. It's Chris Sale, yeah. And Chris Chris Sale was something, All right, especially in his first two years. Like, you could you could rely on him in any situation. If you were like, 
hey, Chris, I know you just pitched three days ago, but it's the sixth inning. I got no other pitchers. I need you to come in and just pitch an inning. He'd be like, screw it, whatever. You know, he was always right there. Boy, when he comes back, or I hope I when he comes back, I hope he's back to where he was. If he is, he's then not going to be. Sadly, he will. No. Seems like pitchers when they come back from Cy Young, they from sorry Cy Young, from Tommy John, they seem to get to for the most part return to form. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we'll see. I don't. Lo- I've never liked his frame. It's really. It felt like it, it was just a ticking time bomb with him. But, yeah. No. And that's. And I know we're getting very off topic, but that kind of scares me when you look at a guy who's coming up to the Red Sox organization like Tanner Houck. Right? If you see Tanner Houck, he is a righty Chris Sale. Same build, same structure, same pitching formation, basically. Yes, okay, what... but I'm not sure if I I don't I'm not sure if I trust the Red Sox minor league system in developing pitchers, especially after we thought I mean, Henry did you see him? was gonna be some god. Did you see him? The... Have you seen Tanner Houck? Do you see how he pitched when he was up in the majors this year? I did. I also saw I also saw uh Henry Owens when he was first coming up. I saw Brian Johnson when he was coming up. <laughs> Brian Johnson wasn't bad. Brian Johnson wasn't bad. He was serviceable, but he wasn't what he was supposed to be. You, you got me there, but you can't you can't say he was bad. I, I'm not saying he was bad. I'm saying Henry he was Owens. Bad. We're not we're not going to talk about. All right, we don't. Yeah, no. If if you look at most of the guys, there are only two guys really in the pitching organization for the Red Sox right now that you could say. They're close to making the MLB, and they were, like, brought up by the Red Sox as Brian Mata and um, Tanner Houck. Pavetta was traded for. Seabold was traded for. Whitlock was taken out of the Rule 5 draft. <laughs> All these other guys we got were traded for. I, mean, I still think they need to – I still think they need to restock that farm system, like, heavily. There's really not much in there. Mm-hmm. No, uh, well, not really. You can name me any position, and we got some young guy that's willing to take the ropes. Are they great yeah, right now? No, but can they? Like it was back in, back in the 2013-2014 days when it was absolutely stocked to the to the brim. Uh, I thought it was 2012, and then 2013 they gutted it to get that team. They didn't gut it to get that team. Oh, okay. I don't know. We were only like 14 the, back they then. So. really gutted their farm system back. It was 2015. Going into that regular season, then oh yeah, yeah, trying to get Poppy's last ride. Yeah, but it was, you know, I look at when Dombrowski came there and he actually like turned those prospects into starting players in the uh, in the MLB. He traded them for players. You know, if he came earlier, it probably could have been better because that farm system was a lot better before he got there. Mm -hmm. The years, if he came a couple years prior. They probably could have been in contention a lot earlier and a lot longer. But then we would have had to deal with that, you know, just like last season, we had to deal with that absolutely terrible season much earlier. Yeah, Dabrowski's that guy. Dabrowski's that guy you bring in for two years. He guts your entire farm system, gets you a championship team, gets you one championship, and then you suck. Watch, that's what's going to happen with the Phillies. The Phillies are going to win one championship by 2023. They could have won more. They could have won more championships if he came if he came earlier. They had the, their their farm system was that good. Oh, the team Remember Garanchini? Garanchini. Oh, that name sounds familiar, but 
don't know. Third baseman for the for the uh, minor league system for the Red Sox. He was supposed to be amazing. He didn't because they didn't trade him. Mm. Sean Coyle, first baseman. He was supposed to be a big guy. They didn't do they didn't do anything. Sam Travis. They didn't do anything. Hey, Sam Travis was, was decent. High, these were all high-end prospects who wind, wound up being complete busts, and they never traded them. Yeah, you're right. But if you look at the um, Red Sox farm system right now, it you can name almost any position besides maybe second base, and we got some guys to swing over there, and it's loaded. right? First base, you got Dahlbeck, who's still very young. Shortstop, you have um, Jeter Downs. Third, you have... Um, What's uh, Cassis? Outfield, you have Marcus Wilson. You have um, Jimenez. What's his first name? Uh, no, not Jimenez. Uh, Jason Rosario. Uh, you have Marcus Wilson. You have Michael Geddes. You have all these guys that can swing in and potential and not forget Jaron Duran. Right? You have all these guys that can swing in and potentially be great guys, or at least good guys to put around your top guys that are going to stay here for a while. You know, this team, we don't have a catcher prospect. We don't have a th- uh, second base prospect. But we got we got a decent amount of guys that could swing up. They have, yeah, they have, they have some pieces. They, I just, you know, if they're going to rebuild and do a contending team and, the, and say five years down the road, they're going to need a lot more than what they have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. We don't. We just need a little bit more star power. We don't necessarily need role players. We need star power. That's what we need. Right. But movie bets pl- type player would be real nice. But, you know. Yeah, decided, you're right. Let's ship this guy out. Mm-hmm. All right. So to get around the MLB a little bit, right? We have two major news stories that broke in the past three days since I did the Wednesday podcast. First, the Mets. Somehow got good, and I don't like it. I don't want to talk good, about it. Or do you think they just got a good player? Because that's what we said about the Phillies a couple seasons ago. They were oh, they got they signed Bryce Harper. They got good. No, I never game. said that about the. I if if you're if you're sitting here comparing Francisco Lindor to Bryce Harper, I will kick you from this call. And I'll do the rest of this podcast by myself. Bryce Harper's won MVPs before. Bryce Harper won an MVP at, what, age 21 when he was good, and then he became complacent. And then, yeah. he got his, and then he got his big contract, and then he became even more complacent. All I'm trying to say is you can't really jump to the conclusions that a player that, that a team is going to be good because they get one player. Teams, I got two teams players. With, I got two. Teams with, teams with a couple good players, they miss the playoffs all the time. You get it's the same it's the same thing with hockey. It's just the nature of the sport. When you have the best player in the game, teams miss the playoffs all the time. Whereas it's different in the, say, the NFL or the NBA, where you get a star, where you get some star power. Well, I mean, in the NFL, it depends on which position the star power is on. But you know, when you in the MLB, it's completely different. It takes a, it really does take a team, a whole lineup of good play, of good hitters, a whole rotation of good starting pitchers, a whole bullpen full of solid, reliable relief pitch, relief pitchers, just getting Francisco Lindor doesn't make them great. doesn't make them great yet. I do love it. I love what they did. And what they got Carlos Carrasco as well. 
So it's a great trade for them, and they didn't give up much. Yeah, no, they didn't give up. Uh, they gave up uh, Ahmed Rosario, who's looking like to be a promising shortstop, and he's very young. Uh, Andres Jimenez, who, once again, another youngish player who can potentially make an impact sooner or later. Uh, Josh Wolf, who was a um, pretty good pitcher out of their um, farm system, who's looking like he might, I think he's 21, something around there, and he's already almost at the top of the list um, for prospects for the Mets. And then um, Isaiah Green, who was just another um, kind of lower prospect going in there. So, you know, they got they got a decent overhaul for him, but obviously the Mets won the trade. And I'm going to say it. Let me let me see how many wins the Mets got last year. How many wins did they get? Probably like 31? Really? They were actually they were a playoff team? I don't think they were a playoff team. They weren't a playoff team. I know that. Uh, they won 26. 26. So that's, right, not, so close. that's not playoff caliber, but that's respectable. But, I mean, if you look at this team's roster, right? Let me pull it up. Yeah, this I'm I'm calling it this team is at least a second round team. Second, second round, round minimum. See, I just think look, I love the deal. I love that they got a starting pitcher and a star, some star power out of it. Um, I just look at Francisco Lindor in recent years rather than earlier on in his career when he was absolutely killing it. And he's still been good. I think he's a little overhyped. Mm-hmm. This past season, he only he only batted two fifty eight, eight home runs. And whereas yeah, he in, was it was it was kind of it was a downward season for him, but at the very least for the first time he was healthy throughout the season. Right. Yeah, you know, that's right. If you look at seasons before this, and while his batting average has fallen has fallen a little bit, it seems that his power has gone up a little bit too. Mm-hmm. He's hit in the thirties for home runs. Every se- for three straight seasons, 38 in one of the seasons. It was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. So this guy, he's a power hitter. He can hit, hit for a decent average. I, think, I don't think he's one of the better players in baseball, but he's certainly a, a I think he's top six. That he could... For what? I think he's top six. Top six? I think three guys I can easily put above him are Mookie, Tra- uh, Mookie Trout, and um, Yelich. And then I'm, I'd have to look more into other guys, but those would be three I'd put above him. But I wouldn't put very many more above him. But with this, with this, um, with this Mets roster, right? You got guys like Dylan Batances, who I never knew was six foot eight. Damn, uh, Jesus Familia, who's a good relief pitcher out of the pen. Uh, Steven Matz, Porcello, uh, Michael Waka, who's decent. Uh, Jacob DeGrom, they also got Trevor May, uh, Wilson Ramos, Pete Alonzo, Robinson Cano, who's goodbye. (laughs) Uh, Jeff McNeil, who's really good. They still have Syndergaard? Uh, Yes. Why don't they say Syndergaard on here? I don't know. And then for outfield, they got Michael Conforto. And yeah, this team is a good team. It's good. We'll we'll get into them in a minute once we hit um, our final topic, but Big news came out this um, yesterday that a um, former um, Angels clubhouse attendant, his name's Bubba Harkins, 
files a lawsuit against um, the Angels and Major League Baseball, accusing them of making him basically a scapegoat. He was fired last March um, because he started, he was helping teams and players use foreign substances to pitch. And you got the names of all the guys that were involved, right? Yeah, so there was Garrett, players like Garrett Cole, Max Scherzer, Justin Verlander, Felix Hernandez. So these are all pitchers who, who in the past decade have been some of the best in baseball. Now, it's, no, it's, it's nothing new hearing players getting, uh, looking for an edge in baseball. We hear of players doctoring the baseball all the time. Mm-hmm. Or even position players doing something. Too much uh, binds are. Yeah, it's nothing new, like but I wonder when they're going to stop. When they're going to actually start punishing players? Because you look at even with some serious scandals like the Astros scandal, no players were actually were actually punished. It was mostly just the just uh, management, the front office, and a few and a few people here, uh, workers here and there, but yeah. there was, no, the players there was, and the organization in general, but there was no players in, in uh, individually who really got any punishment. Yeah. No, the players need to stop being compliant with it. They need to step up and say, look, we're going to win. We're going to win fairly. We're not going to win with any of this BS cheating. All right? right. And obviously the major leagues have been really cracking down on a uh, PEDs more than anything, AKA Robinson Cano out for another full season suspension, which I find kind of funny. But, I mean, the only times people really get caught are when they're stupid. Right? And we need to make sure that's not the case because if any player slash coach has, like, the slightest idea of how to keep something covered up, then they get away with it. For example, Michael Pineda. You remember that whole thing against the Red Sox? Yeah. He was caught because he was stupid. He wasn't caught because, you know, somebody was an expert and saw it. He was caught because he got away with it once and said, hey, if I got away with it once, it doesn't matter that the media completely blew it up, right? I can get away with it again. And he tried and he failed because he was stupid. Yeah, I don't know how you could do that. Cheating against the team who you already cheated against. And like they two weeks earlier. Earlier on in the year. It was, I believe, it was on his wrist the last time. Then it was on his neck, in clear, yep. in plain sight. I think even the even the guys from Nesson were were zooming in on it, and they're like, you know, "I think it's bad." Yeah, and no, the MLB just needs to get stricter rules about this stuff. All baseballs need to be inspected before every game, which they are. Like, but you know, I think pitchers need to. Um, you know how, like in the UFC, before fights. They'll go up to the, um, they'll go up to the uh, ref, and they'll, um, the ref will check them out and make sure everything's good. Yeah. Right. They need to have more of that. They got the PEDs and steroids underneath control. Everyone takes random drug tests whenever possible, so people can get tested for PEDs. But now we need to start, you know, checking what these players are doing to make sure they need to, um, when they either start the game, the starting pitcher or a relief pitcher comes in. The first thing they need to do before they start even warming up is go up to the home plate umpire, and the home plate umpire just needs to go through a com- complete check. Obviously, we're not, like, strip searching anybody, but 
you know, check their arms, check their glove, check their hat, check like the back of their neck, anything like that, that could potentially have something on it. Yeah. I just wonder if they're going to have the desire to actually crack down on that. Cause I wonder, I wonder how big of a deal uh, doctoring these baseballs for them really is if they just, because it's good for business for them to have these star level pitchers uh, in the league it's, and star position players. And when they get, when they get the edges that they need, then they're some of the best players we've ever seen. And I wonder if, I wonder if the league will have a desire to really further crack down on it. Yes. And here's, here's the thing. And this might lead to Garrett Cole's kind of really bad season this year, right? He sent a message to Bubba Haskins in 2019 in January. And it read, hey, Bubba, it's Garrett Cole. I was wondering if you could help me out with this sticky situation. Winky face emoji. We don't see you until May, but we have some road games in April that are in cold weather places. The stuff I had last year seizes up when it gets cold. Yeah. If that's not damning evidence, then I don't know what is. Yeah, obviously, this guy Haskins needs to be um, suspended from his job because obviously he was the main culprit of it. But these players need to own up and take some punishment too. Yeah, I was doctoring baseballs to help get a better grip. I know that was wrong, and I'll be willing to take my suspension. They serve their suspension, then they're back in like nothing happened. It's that simple. Do you think they will, though? Do I think the players will? Do you see players' names like Barry Bonds, uh, Mark McGuire, players who, whose names were tarnished because of cheating. That If they do anything like that, and Alex Rodriguez, they do something like that and their name is tarnished forever. Nobody's going to take them seriously ever again. Yeah, but the thing with those players is those were all-time greats. I wouldn't necessarily consider Garrett Cole an all-time great. And all, obviously those guys that you mentioned are some of the greatest pitchers in baseball today. But Let's say we found out Justin Verlander did. Justin Verlander was one of the guys. Yeah. And am I considering <clears throat> Justin Verlander an all-time great? In my opinion, I think in 20, 25 years, no one's going to know the name Justin Verlander. He's going to be pretty close. He's going to be up there. Yeah, he might. But, you know, and, and this will obviously tarnish his, his legacy. But, you know, I mean, Justin Verlander's like 36 now. He's going to retire sometime soon. But, um, you know, when it comes to them coming back, you know, let them serve their suspension. And then they come back and we're just like, okay, you can pitch again. Obviously, the legacy is going to be like, yes, but he was doing this. But for the time being, they're just going to be like, and at least we know you're clean now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Final thing we got on the agenda for today is the um, power rankings. Now, this power rankings was put out before um, the Lindor trade. So we're going to need to make some adjustments with the Mets and the Indians. But who do you think the number one team in the MLB is? I'd say it's still the Dodgers. It's the Dodgers. All right, and I completely agree with that too. No no question about it. The that team. I mean, but there is one team that's um that's making a a run for maybe that number one spot. You know which one it is? 
I'm thinking maybe the San Diego Padres. Correct. You're already way better than I was at this. You sucked at doing these. But, um, yeah, with uh, obviously acquiring you, Darvish, and Blake Snell, it gives them – would you say that's one of the best rotations in the league? Yeah, but we've seen the Padres stack up with talent before, and it's they've fallen flat on their faces. So I, I'm gonna I'm gonna wait till I see it to believe it. Mm-hmm. Now, three is the Yankees, <clears throat> which, in my opinion, that depends on if they resign DJ LeMahieu or not. There's good consideration that DJ is going to the Dodgers, and that would just be unfair. Oh, you boy. take Justin Turner out and you put in DJ LeMahieu. Yikes. You know what? As a Red Sox fan, I'd take the Dodgers in contention. It'll be sad to see Mookie win like two or three more rings, but I'd rather see them win championships than the Yankees. Yankees, yep. All day. All day. Four is the Braves, which, yeah, I could see it. They got some um, – they got decent rotation. They obviously have Acuna, and they got some young guys coming up through the ranks to help them out. So I could see that. Uh, five is the Twins. Maybe. They've been they've been competitive the past few years. I just don't think I trust them. Yeah, but they lost so many pitching, pitching. Um, they lost so many pitchers. Jacob Ruzzi's gone. Rich Hill's gone. Trevor May's gone. Tyler Clippard, Sergio Romo. All those guys are just out. So they have to try and replace five different. Um, pitching spots, and that's nearly impossible to do. Yeah, they 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 could barely contend with what they had before. So mm-hmm. now that they lose all their pitchers, it's going to be hard for them. I don't see them at number five. Yeah, uh, White Sox is six, and I would honestly take the White Sox over the Twins right now, especially if they go out and they get somebody like. Um, uh, Craig Kimbrell, maybe from the Cubs, or they go out and take one of these buying teams or selling teams and buy somebody off of them. They might, they might be able to do something. Um, yeah, that's realistic. Mm-hmm. Then it goes A's, then Mets. Obviously, I would now move with getting um, Lindor and Carrasco. I'm not putting the Mets at four. You're not. I'm. I'm going to put them at four and not eight. Oh, you're going to put them at four. Mm-hmm. See, I, I think it's, I'm the same way as I was with the Padres, with the Mets, and I just I want to see it first. I think they can be competitive. They have a good team, you're right, but I want to see how good they'll be. Mm, I get that. I get that. Um, then it goes Blue Jays, then Rays. Which team do you think would be better, the Blue Jays or the Rays this season? The Rays. I mean, I said this in my um, in the last episode. I was talking about the AL East and what I think if we play a full 162 games, what the records are going to be. And I had the Yankees at 87 wins, uh, the in the Rays and Blue Jays both at 82 wins, Red Sox at 75, and the Orioles at like 66 because we all know the Orioles are never going to be anywhere near good for. And they got rid of, who was it? I think it was like Renato Nunez. I think they just waved. They didn't even try to trade. They just completely waved him. We can, we can both agree that Orioles suck. They're, they're terrible. Yeah, they're 
we're, I mean, we talk about the Red Sox being a few years from contention. They're, they might be a decade. They're, they're at least five years, and that's not even close. Um, Ten years, yeah. yeah. Uh, 11 is the Indians, which I would now put them around probably 18. They took a huge hit with this trade for now because they went young, but I would put them around 18, 19. Yeah. I never even I never even took them seriously when they when they had Lindor and Carrasco, they were because they, they didn't Kluber hasn't been healthy for a bit, the team hasn't been performing. Now they lose these players, and I, I think they fall further than eighteen to be honest. You think they fall further than that? Yeah, probably into the twenties. Jeez. Um. Hold on a sec. Trying to. Oh, that's. Wow. Okay. There's one more thing to talk about after this really quick, and then we'll wrap it up. Uh, if my computer doesn't want to freeze on... My computer is very good at just randomly freezing. All right, come on. Um, then 12 is the Cardinals, 13 is Astros, 14 is Phillies, 15 is Cubs. And out of I could see all those... I see the Cubs being really big sellers at the trade deadline and maybe falling to like 22, 23. Yeah, there. I'll tell you, it was fun while it lasted watching the Cubs win the World Series and be in contention. I was, I was happy for them. Yeah, but it, they've fallen so far since then. They just gotta blow it up now. Yeah, then it comes Reds, who are always gonna be average. Marlins, who need to be higher after that insane run they had, but they're still seventeen. Uh, Brewers, Angels, which is sad to have Mike Trout on the nineteenth best team. Giants, Mariners, Nationals, then finally Red Sox at 23. And then all your teams you expect to suck. Tigers, Royals, D-backs, Rockies, Rangers, Orioles. And then finally, the Pirates are the worst team. Pirates have nothing. That team is just so sad. Yeah. They were making the playoffs a few years in a row a little while back. Back when they had Gary Cole. The early 2010s, then the team kind of fell apart. They just they never made it past the wild card round, or was it that no they made they made the divisional round, didn't they, in 2013? Um, they oh, I can't remember. That's way far back. I don't remember. I believe they did that, and that was about the furthest they got. Once the mm. the Cubs came along, the Cardinals stayed good in that division and they were just never it was like it was like they were the little brother in the in their division they could just never get past those teams yeah um so finally the last thing i want to talk about is um there's now a new favorite to sign my boy you know who my boy is who's your boy jbj Jackie Bradley Jr., yeah. There's a new favorite to sign him, and this just came out within the past day or so that these rumors really started to spread. Can you guess which team that was? It was the Astros and the Blue Jays, and now it's completely focused on another team. The Yankees. The Mets. Wow. The Mets still have about $20 million before they hit the salary cap. And it's looking like JBJ, looking like they're done with trying to get Springer. Because Springer wants a five-year, $150 million deal. And it's not. That's not it. 
That's not it. Good seasons, but yep. the, it's kind of the same with Jackie Bradley. Yep. The Blue Jays reportedly offered him a five-year, uh, like 120 or 115. But that's, that's still way too much. But JBJ, um, it, it's looking like the Mets are 100% focused on him and him alone. And I don't, I don't want that. I mean, I've always it, liked JBJ to begin with, but I've always thought that he was such an overhyped player. Like, wow, he played elite defense. He's had he's had some good at bats every now and then. He's he's made some clutch hits, uh, especially during the ALCS back in 2018. Mm-hmm. But this is he still he just can't hit. And he can't. He'll have. He'll have the small. Pa- the only reason he's. He, I feel that he was in the big leagues. That he stayed in there was because he would have these small patches of time where he could just. He just couldn't miss the ball. And he was just the, one of the better all-around players in the game. And then he would just go completely cold. And that's mm-hmm. what would keep him in the majors was just the fact that he would have these small patches where he would just. He just couldn't miss the ball. Yeah, he's no, he's one of the most inconsistent hitters I've ever seen. That is an understatement, but yes. Yeah. But he, J, JBJ had like a what I like to call the two month syndrome. All right. Well, one month. All right. He would be completely cold throughout the entire season, but there would be that one, there would be that stretch of like one month in like late June to um, middle of August, somewhere in that time span. He would have one month straight where he would bat like 400. And then after that, he'd go back to batting 200. And that was the story of Jackie Bradley Jr. Yep. And the defense would be elite. Defense would be elite all the time, obviously. That's how he he makes his money, you know. And you'd get all the delusional Red Sox fans saying, oh, he's one of the better better all-around players in the game. No, he's a gold-glove outfielder, below average hitter. Average speed for a center fielder. One of the best outfielders in the game defensively. Cannot hit. He has decent speed. That's about it. Yes. All right. Um, last question. Then we got one more thing to talk about. Um, so, as Red Sox, right, we've had a load of great outfielders to come through the organization. Right. We had um, Johnny Damon. We had um, uh, Jacoby, my boy. We had JBJ. We've had all these great defensive center fielders have come through. And Benintendi in that mix, yeah. Benintendi was never a center fielder. I'm talking specifically center field. Oh, just center field, yeah. Outfield. He he was able to play center field, though. Benintendi sucks now. Benintendi should be traded at the trade deadline. He can still play defense. Not really. The the bat was just atrocious. Unless you're playing gold glove defense like JBJ – you need a you need a bat. I think but you're forgetting how great Andrew Bet how, how how great, great he was ben in twenty seventeen and twenty eighteen. It's been a ladder down since his rookie year. You need to be going up ever since your rookie year. You know, he was basically in rookie of the year talks with Aaron Judge in twenty seventeen. And then ever since it's been twenty eighteen was a little bit worse, twenty nineteen was significantly worse, and then twenty twenty was a dumpster fire. To the point where I had to fake an injury so I didn't have to play the rest of the season. 2018, you're forgetting. He was able to hit very well during the postseason. He was probably one of our better hitters during the postseason. Oh, no. 20, 2018 was still a good year for him. 
2017 was just that great. He was great coming off as a rookie in 2017. I'm forgetting 2018 his was just slightly worse than that. What's what was his batting average during 2019? Uh, let me look it up real quick. But yeah, do you think? Um, I'd say this really quick. Do you think um, either uh, Alex Verdugo or um, Jaron Duran will be able to fill those shoes that comes with being a Boston center fielder? I think Verdugo will. He seems to he seems to have a lot of good tools. He'll be he'll be at least a star player. You'll never get. He'll never fill the shoes of Mookie Betts, who they, who they trade, they traded him for, but he will, he'll be, he'll be a solid, like a Xander Bogarts level player, Mm -hmm. which could be good enough to be competitive as long as Rafael Devers regains his old form. Mm -hmm. And you have him along with, alongside Xander Bogarts, uh, to to complement Alex Verdugo, they could have a solid uh, core for a few years, and they could be competitive in the next couple of seasons. Mm-hmm. All right, so you you were right. Um, technically, he was a rookie in um, twenty sixteen, but he didn't have enough games to qualify to be rookie of the year. Um, so twenty seventeen, he had a great year. You were right. Twenty eighteen was a little bit better um, all around than twenty seventeen. So he did make a jump up in twenty eighteen. But then 2019, every single category was statistically a lot lower. He went from a 290 batting average to a 266. And then 2020, he went down to a 103. How many home runs during two, for the 266? Uh, during the 266, uh, 13. Uh, that's not bad. That's not bad. For, for what his, for what his um, play style is, I mean, in 2017, he had 20 homers. In 2018, he had 16. And then 2019, he had 13. It's also worth noting that 2018 was a career year for everybody, and then 2019 was a was a, with the exception of Rafael Devers and Xander Bogarts, was just a dumpster fire for everybody as well. Yeah, you're right. It was 2019. We don't we don't talk about 2019. That that never happened. Easily, I'm so pissed about that year. Mm-hmm. They could have easily won. They could have easily won 90 plus games if their bullpen was a little better. But yep. they decided once Craig Kimbrell left that they just didn't want to do anything. Yeah, I, I can't – it felt like every single game they had a, a lead late. I just expected them to lose. You're right. You're right. But um, let's get this wrapped up with one thing that I really liked from this week. See, we had this thing called – um, we had Ari do Ari's takes for the longest time. And um, – one thing, and I'm trying to kind of keep that going, but our stakes will never be replicated. I just like to talk about one thing that I like throughout the um, throughout the week. And the one thing this week is tonight we get to see a man who fought through a lot of adversity and a lot of surgeries come back and play a football and play a football playoff game. Alex Smith finally coming back, going five and one this season, and he's gonna. He gonna get he gonna get spanked, but he's gonna be in a he gonna be in a playoff game. It's it's gonna be sad watching the score be forty two to three come halftime, but it'll be fun. It sucks that his final playoff game and final final game will be against Tom Brady. You think it's his final game? He final still has one more year under contract with the football team. What's that? 
He still has one more year under contract. Probably his final playoff game, at least. But it's looking I don't think like they're going back to the playoffs. It's looking like, and this is just a rumor, he might get cut for Cam Newton, who might get a two-year, forty to fifty million dollar contract from the you know football team. Another, you know what's another thing I also heard is that uh, Alex Smith is rumored to. It's a possibility he could. No, nope, don't the, even don't even say it. Don't even say it. The Patriots. Don't even say it. Why? There are he two. Turn the ball over. There are two options for the Patriots right now when it comes to QB. All right, two, and that's it. Anything else is a failure. All right, give him to me. Matthew Stafford, no. Kyle Trask. No. Those are not, our two options. No. Yes. No. Yes. No, you don't go to the draft with this roster, especially yes, with you do. Kyle Trask. And you don't. Kyle sign, Trask was a Heisman candidate. Matthew Stafford, who's Mr. Mediocre. What? On- Hold on. Okay, we're ending the episode. Nope. Okay, if you want to hear more bogus takes like that, go no- over to the Fumble Rooski podcast. It's all that talent. Is the worst take I've ever heard. He is all talent. He is all talent. I'm not. I'm not talking about his ta- his his talent. His talent is otherworldly. Yes, the roster right? around him was crap. You put a decent roster around him, like the Patriots, with a lot of people coming back from opting out. He's going to be a sorry. playoff team. When, when when did we ever have Calvin Johnson, Kenny Galladay, uh, Julian Edelman, DJ Hawkins? <laughs> Yeah, I, he's I got weapons. The issue has been on the defensive side, and when he ha- when he he is surrounded with a solid team, they they only finish the best they've finished is eleven and five. Yeah, tell me besides Galladay, what um Marvin Jones what, this year was Marvin, Marvin Jones on the team this year? Yeah. Oh, I forgot about him. T.J. Hawkinson. See, I don't. Yeah, T.J. Hawkinson is always very good, but this season. Why is it only showing me games? I want total. It's because of the defense. I'm t- that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, is that he's... when he has been surrounded by talent, when he has play- players on the defensive side of the ball, they do wind up making the playoffs, but it's the best it's been is 11-5. and five. Yeah, and he had 26, 26, um, 26 touchdowns, 10 interceptions this year. You said, yeah. It's been pretty Talented good. Player. I just, I just okay. think there's something wrong with him. It's sad that his rookie year, he had 13 touchdowns, 20 interceptions. Damn. (laughs) Yikes. But we'll wrap that up. Make sure you guys go check out the Fumble Rooski podcast as always. Adam, you got anything else to say to the people before we sign off? Go hit the follow button for Fumble Rooski podcast. Go check us out. Mm -hmm. Make sure you guys do. dumb takes, like you said. Yeah, because he's not even the dumbest one on there. All right. Y'all need to go meet Brian on that podcast. He needs to A, learn how to get a microphone, and B, get smarter. I'll tell you it's, what, you put three A-holes on that on a on a podcast together, and you'll the result is is shocking. Yep. So with that being said, once again, thank you guys so much for watching. Roll that outro music. I will see you guys in the next one. Stuck inside, won't you set me free? Yeah. Getting drunk at night, won't you let me be? Step out there, you cannot defeat Yeah, yeah What has gone too far, now it's quarantine Yeah
Quarantine. 